Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day, good day, sort of. <laughs> it seems to like be a question mark, good day. When it comes to the investing S&P 500, the markets, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Russell, international markets, we're looking at it kind of critically these days. And one tweet from President Donald J. Trump talked about tariffs and cars, and car business isn't exactly gangbusters in China, but we kind of want to see the ice melt a little bit, maybe a thaw in the relations, and maybe some phone calls between the two countries. Maybe they need to get AT&T involved and figure out what the international code is to get this conversation a kicking. Three major indices were solid yesterday. That's good. Uh, today they look about the same. Good. I'm not going to get too excited, um, nor am I going to get too depressed. I'm going to say 2018 is wrapping up, and it was a tale of two markets. It was the market before October and the market after October. And after October, it got a little bit more volatile, right? So there's stories out there like Delta Airlines are going to let fewer animals on flights. And I stop and I go, I wonder if that's a story. I wonder if that's something we should even talk about. We hear about, you know, people taking pet uh, cockatoos and like, you're like, what's a cockatoo? Is that a bird? And people taking lizards and sometimes maybe a pet rat is their comfort animal. So Delta's saying enough is enough. They're the second largest airline in the United States. It's updating its policies. It's updating its, its service laws uh, on emotional support animals. I don't know who, what doctor would write with good intent a prescription for an emotional support rat. But it happens. So Delta said its decision stemmed from an 84% increase in reported incidents involving service and support animals from 2016 to 2017. Number one claim against homeowners is your dog bites someone. So it's kind of weird that a support dog in the air, it's kind of like, it's, is it the times a service dog bites someone and, and the person needs 28 stitches? And not only did it bite someone, but it peed. And I could see a lot of people getting upset with, you know, dog urination on an airplane, even though I've seen it all. I've seen people change babies' diapers on the food tray. Uh, enough to the point that it's just flat out disgusting. So we're living in an area, a time where we're talking about women's rights, where we're talking about service dog rights, where we're talking about a lot of issues on, I'm not going to say a stress, but times are changing, right? We're now starting to say we need to limit pets on airplanes, which I'm, I'm fine with. I, I get it. 
I wouldn't want to be an airline uh, being sued for a dog biting someone. I get it. Or a cockatoo flying through the cabinet. Or a rat eating an electrical cord. Rats will eat anything. Let me tell you, rats will eat anything. I live with a rat. I'm, I know you're saying, that's very sexy. It's really not as sexy as it sounds. So we got a variety of concerns. Now, is the airline issue a concern or is that kind of a public reaction? We live in an era right now with a lot of concerns. The treasury yield, if it's too low, if it's under 3%, we go, that's not good. The economy needs it above 3%. That's not good at 3%, at under 2, at, at 2.89 or 2.98, or it, it means the economy needs help. But if it's too hot, the economy might be signaling inflation. So we live in this crazy time of concerns, whether it's on interest rates, whether it's on what is going on in France with those yellow vests. Don't call me a yellow jacket. Call me a yellow vest. What's going on there? And there's just a ton of inequality that people are, are protesting. And I get it. I, I see that happening to America sooner than later. Now, do I predict it in five years? No. But I think there's a lot of inequality. You get the Brexit drama. See how many concerns we have right now? We got what's going on in France. We got what's going on with China and the United States going toe-to-toe with trade talks. We get the Brexit drama. It's almost as if we need to settle in for a long winter's nap and come back and see where we are in a month or two. But bonds are steady, and that's a positive. So we get a day or two days of reprieve from the stress, from the drama. Uh, save the drama for Lorenzo Lama. Um, we need more Lorenzo Lamas. Got to have more Lorenzo Lamas, right? What will the Fed do? What will the Fed talk about next year? There's not a lot driving the market. There's not like, wow, we got cash for clunkers, or we got you know, uh, low interest rates pushing the housing market higher. We, we don't have a lot driving the market right now. So we, we sit and we worry about things that could go negative, even though the job market's fairly darn positive. With that said, the job market has, has helped increase housing prices. It's helped increase auto sales. And maybe it will need a break sooner than later is, again, saving the drama for 2019. A lot of experts are, are trolling CNBC right now and saying, oh, there's going to be a recession 2019, 2020. And one of the funnier things is when you hear an economist pick on another economist, and he's like, yeah, you've picked five out of the last three recessions correctly. And you're like, oh, you're, you're trolling him. You're basically saying he's always negative. I get it. Or you're basically always saying there's uh, a recession coming, and eventually you'll be right. Yeah, but doesn't it feel that way? Doesn't it feel like we should be talking about what ends the bull market? Or is that the wrong narrative? Tune in to 2019 to find out. Right? Facebook yesterday got an upgrade. And it, it's fascinating. I own shares of Facebook. It's fascinating how much people love to hate the stock. And yet the haters are now starting to turn positive and saying it's got a low PE in a market that has a high PE, price to earnings ratio, right? Um, back in the 90s, PEs became kind of a thing. In the 80s and 90s, people were like, well, let's, let's take a look at the forward PE. Let's take a look at backward PE. Back would be the last four quarters. Forward would be the next four quarters, right? And people would say, well, Facebook is going to have to take a charge because they just 
not, let me not use Facebook as an example. Let's scratch that. Um, XYZ companies is going to have to take a charge because they just fired a lot of people. So you don't want to use the backward PE. You want to use the forward PE. Very situational, right? If you say it's currently sitting at a low PE, you're probably saying past performance. But keep in mind, past performance not indicative of future results. It's one of those those phrases that people say super quick. It's a legal disclaimer. So we got a lot going on to worry about. What you need to do is look at your portfolio and decide how does it make you feel. Is it too safe and conservative and you miss the up moves? Or is it kind of crazy and when it goes down, you don't feel comfortable with it? Being honest with yourself, it's like behavioral finance 101. Being honest with yourself is super helpful in times of market drama. And I can tell you, what do we have? 10, 15 more trading days, maybe? 15 trading days left in the year? It ain't much. So the year's winding down. How do you feel? What's your behavior? What's your financial feeling? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. Hello. Hello. Trying to find my voice. Hello. Is this thing on? It's always a big question, right? (laughs) Um... Yesterday, we talked a lot about subscriptions and how if you have a subscription, Wall Street seems to like it, whether it's a subscription to Amazon Prime, whether it's a subscription to Netflix, whether it's a subscription to Microsoft's near an all-time high, because I pay for Microsoft Outlook online on the web so I can access internet wherever I go, email. Wall Street tends to like that recurring business model. Today, if we were to talk about another business model Wall Street likes, it's cloud, right? And that kind of ties into a subscription model. If you stop paying for Microsoft Cloud, you stop getting Microsoft Cloud, right? And then you're like, but I like being able to check my email wherever I go. Cloud storage equipment and software providers are growing revenues at double-digit rates. Wall Street likes double-digit rates, right? Cloud storage equipment and software providers for the cloud are growing at revenues double digits. The economy's growing what, two to four percent? At four percent, we go, woo, this is the greatest bull market ever. At two percent, we're like, oh, we're dangerously close to a recession. At three percent, it's very Goldilocksian, which I have a patent pending on Goldilocksian. Remember Galaxian? What a video game! (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. You were always like, okay, do I let the alien ship kidnap my ship? Then I could shoot it down and I could have two ships firing at once. But we, we I, I defer. I, I, I'm, I'm off topic. Let's talk about the web, right? Well, interestingly enough, Microsoft and Sony are both kind of hinting that there may be one more Xbox and one more PlayStation hardware in your home. And then we expect this miracle of 5G. I know, I know you're saying, and God gave us the Ten Commandments. The 11th commandment was meant to be, there will be a miracle one day called 5G, and it'll change everything. People are talking about it like it's a miracle. People are talking about it like it's the next thing, the next best thing since sliced bread. I know you're saying, there used to be bread that wasn't sliced? That's right, Jack. 
So Amazon Web Services is one of those services you can kind of dial into on the web, right? Um, 5G's coming down the road, and and both Microsoft and great Google and Moogla, Sony are saying, you know, maybe down the road you won't actually have to have hardware in your living room. Maybe we'll just we'll have all the hardware, and we'll have the latest, greatest, fastest hardware and the best graphics possible. You don't have to worry about that anymore. No more upgrades to your system. But you'll have a subscription to their hardware online. So... There's two trends that are coming in this conversation. Everything going online, web services, and subscriptions, right? And then you get into, like, 5G, and who's going to win, Verizon, or will it be AT&T? Will it be Comcast? Who's going to be your uber, super, crazy, daddy-fast internet service provider? So Microsoft has Azure. Amazon has AWS, short for Amazon Web Services. There's a ton of private companies. There's a ton of public companies in the last 18 months who've come out. Companies like Pure Storage. What do we know about them? What do we not know about them is the question. Companies like NetApp, who their strategy is positioned for growth. And you may go, who cares about NetApp? I want Netflix. They're a player, too. Players going to play, 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 play. Players are going to play, 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 play. We don't need Tay-Tay. Teach us that. Can I call Taylor Swift Tay Tay? Or is that a nay nay? Anyhow, there's companies like VMware. Yes, I know. They're not sexy. They're not Netflix or Amazon or Google. There's a company, VMware's terrible VMW. Kind of sounds like BMW, right? Then you get Nutanix, and you're like, Nutanix? That sounds like a nutritional supplement. I don't want that. But it's a cloud company, and it's got better-than-average recommendations, and it's got better-than-average growth. And Wall Street will say, hey, if you're growing at double digits, we like double digits more than single digits. You know, yesterday we heard uh, an analyst say, hey, Facebook's growing at double digits, and yet it's got a a PE of 15. We like it. So do you see how Wall Street kind of works with that whole better-than-average growth? I'm smarter than the average bear. Hey, boo-boo, let's do a picnic basket. What's up with bears walking on their hind legs with no diapers on? What up with that? I wasn't a fan of Yogi Bear. Was not a fan of Yogi Bear. Smokey the Bear, big fan. What other bears do we know? I'll tell you about the Russian bear story later. Microsoft is the number two cloud player behind Amazon Web Services. Do you think of Microsoft that way? I'll tell you what. I got Microsoft Office 365, and I'm like, I can't live without it. It's like women can't live with them, can't live without them. Web services, they're kind of like the devil, where you pay every single month. And there's a company, there's an app called Trem, which looks at your bills and tries to figure out, are you paying for stuff you're not using? It's a big question, because again, how do you make money on Wall Street? You can invest wisely, you can earn more money, or you can save money on your subscriptions. And why does Wall Street love subscriptions? Because you tend to forget about them and underuse them. You tend to get more bang for your buck when you're a music company. And you say, okay, we're only going to sell three albums to Rob Black. So let's give him a music service where he can listen to whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And it'll equal 50 bucks or 60 bucks or 70 bucks instead of $45. Or maybe it'll equal 120 So Wall Street loves subscriptions. Wall Street loves double-digit growth. I love it, I love it, I love it. So when you hear about recessions, you can see why Wall Street doesn't like it, because it's negative, right? Negative growth. When you take a look at Italy, 
and you take a look at France and you go, man, those companies, those countries have been around since I was a baby. Well, they've actually been around since your daddy's babies, babies, your grandfather's grandfather, grandfather, grandfather. They've had economies. So it's tough to stimulate them as much. They're mature. Do you remember when you're 18 how easy it was to get stimulated? Like you'd get obsessed with a video game or obsessed with a member of the opposite sex. And then as you, as you get older, you're like, I'm just going to sit on the couch and die. Same thing with Wall Street. Uh, economies that are younger tend to be sexier. So when China went from kind of a socialist communist world to kind of a socialist capitalist world, we're like, intriguing. It's a young capitalist country. We don't have those come along every single day, especially this big. So again, it's, it's kind of a, a damnation game that you're playing poker with the devil. Sometimes the ramification, sometimes the heart cards work against you. Anyhow and anyway, I'm positive. I'm Rob Black. Stay with me. It's Rob Black and your money. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about retirement. Talk about investing. Talk about Social Security. And the new laws that are kicking in at this time, things that we need to be aware of. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. Doing well. It's nice to be back with you. Uh, you're always very kind and right on cue. Um, the markets, are we going to lose the Santa Claus rally this year in December? Is it not going to happen? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's going to be kind of one of those game-time decisions as to what really happens with the Santa Claus Rally. I mean, to get somewhat technical with you, it's a period that measures the last uh, the performance of the market over the last five trading days and the and the first two trading days of of, of the new year. So, uh, I think when we say you know we're going to get a Santa Claus rally, a lot of people think of it in terms of you know how is the month of December going to shake out. Uh, obviously, we have not seen Santa Claus show up yet. Um, He's certainly not taking visitors, and uh, and you, you've seen some broad-based, you know, declines for um, many sectors, and certainly for for the um, for the broader market. Uh, it's been somewhat surprising, obviously, uh, given the uh, the hopes that have been built up. Uh, out of a rally that took place a few weeks ago, but certainly knowing that it's somewhat out of char- character for the uh, for seasonal norms. How about end of the year rally? Uh, if we're not going <laughs> to comment on Santa Claus per se, and yeah. we're going to defer until it happens or not, but December's turning out kind of negative, and October was, and November was kind of wonky on both sides of the fence. Um, are we in a correction? Or are we starting to look like a correction? Are we starting to look like it's just getting ugly out there? Um, yeah, well, I mean, there's obviously been a, a, a large number of stocks that are, are certainly well into a correction already. Um, you know, we look okay. at things, and when you look at things from from the index level, um, you know, you're on the cusp of it, or just past that, you know, the 10% threshold that's typically defined as a as a corrective period. Um, so, you know, we. 
you know, what I put on, I pointed out in my big picture column this past week was really is that while you're hearing a lot of uh, growth concerns come to the surface right now in terms of the narrative that you're seeing reported in the press and talked about on business channels like CNBC and Bloomberg, uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, these growth concerns have been manifesting themselves in the stock market for, well, really the entire year. Um, you know, we saw the uh, the home builders basically peak in January, uh, the auto stocks, you know, not long thereafter, uh, followed by, you know, the semiconductors, and then eventually the Russell 2000, uh, as well as the Dow Transports. Uh, so, um, you know, so these concerns have been festering and been building up throughout the year, and they're finally hitting the surface here now, knowing that uh, we're kind of at a crossroads as it relates to the uh, U.S.-China tri- trade discussions, um, as well as the the changeover to a new Congress in 2019 that's going to be, you know, uh, divided uh, Congress. Um, And, of course, you have the, you know, uncertainty brewing about what the Federal Reserve is going to do with interest rates. And and then on top of it, you do have, you know, incoming data that's starting to uh, suggest that, uh, you know, growth is slowing. And uh, that's true both domestically and, and in terms of foreign economies. And so, you have a market that's coming to grips with this idea that, uh, you know, we're certainly on pace for a slower period of growth uh, in the year ahead, and that relates not just to economic growth, but also to earnings growth. And so it's struggling to figure out just how much it's willing to pay for every dollar of earnings in a slower growth environment. Changing the topic to, I guess, from market corrections and Santa Claus rallies and market moves up and downs. How about the economy? Are are you seeing any evidence there? You just talked a little bit about housing. You just talked a little bit about autos. Jobs don't seem to be showing that flashing recession signal yet. Do you think that they will in the near future? Because, like you said, some stocks have corrected. Um, So some stocks are saying that, yeah, we kind of feel like it's coming. Maybe I I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Mm-hmm. something's just not jiving with the economy at this point in time, or maybe it is. Well, I think you know what you've got coming in are really is just a, a an economy that's uh, moderating. Really, um, okay. you know, we're not seeing you know major downturns by any means. I mean, you have you know you know auto sales still running at an annualized rate of about 17 million units, which you know uh, most years would be regarded as pretty darn good. Um, but the fact is is that you're not seeing any really acceleration in those um, that annualized sales rate, and so you've seen more of a moderation, and you're starting to hear more commentary in terms of how higher prices and rising interest rates are making it, you know, uh, less affordable to, you know, to buy some of these more expensive vehicles. And, th- and that same logic, you know, carries over to the housing market as well. Uh, so you're seeing things soften somewhat, right? And so uh, it's just enough to uh, create some concerns as, as you look into 2019 and, and you start, you know, uh, from the stock market standpoint anyway, start to be concerned about difficult earnings comparisons for, for many companies that certainly uh, benefited greatly from the tailwind of the fiscal uh, stimulus plan this year coming into, into fruition, uh, as well as the uh, cut to individual tax rates that certainly helped drive uh, higher levels of discretionary spending in 2018. And so, so and that's really, you know, the, you know, one of the main roadblocks right now is just trying to, you know, stock market to get its mind around where earnings 
growth is going to settle in 2019. You know, still have expectations for modest growth next year, um, but, uh, you know, some reservations that perhaps they're subject to downward revision. And knowing that, uh, you have a market that right now is trading at what looks to be a reasonable multiple of about 15 times forward 12-month earnings. Uh, but if you have a, uh, a dynamic earnings estimate uh, that could be subject to downward revision, uh, the confidence in that quote-unquote value uh, is not there yet. And so I think that's why you continue to see these, uh, these rallies get sold into as we uh, move toward 2019. Is there anything that's concerning you or maybe upping your mood, uh, brightening your day on 2019? Like, maybe this is healthy to let some steam out of the markets. That's, that's where I'm going at with this. Well, I think that that's true, Rob. I mean, you know, uh, the market. Had, let's not forget. I mean, the market had a great run, you know, through September. Yeah, that's fair, right? Yeah. No yeah, one yeah. was really, you know, talking at all about or any concerns about Brexit. Uh, you know, back at that time, you know, uh, the fact that the Fed was raising interest rates was regarded as a positive thing because it was a show of confidence in the economy, uh, and you can, you know, feel good about that because that means earnings growth should be picking up. Uh, you know, there are some expectations that you get some resolution to, to these trade issues with China. Uh, and obviously, that hasn't happened, right? And so, uh, and knowing that you're, like I mentioned before, running up against tougher comparisons in 2019, you know, the stock market has obviously, you know, taken a few steps back here uh, as it contemplates a future with a slower pace of economic growth. Um, but I think to your point is that we're now caught up in a in a pretty good vortex of negativity right now. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of silver linings to a number of these important issues. And that excessive negativity is one of the ingredients, I think, to help establish at least a tradable bottom. Uh, and so if you can actually get some truly positive developments uh, as it relates to the rate path, uh, trade developments, um, and the economy, uh, you could see the market you know, turn around and, and do, uh, do quite well over the near term. Is there anything that you're working on for your other columns that you do at briefing.com, the weekend review per se, um, the big picture, look, taking a look, any data, like, are you worried about inflation? What are you working on right now? Well, um, you, one of the things I'll be working on is uh, usually around this time of year, um, and we obviously we have the uh, FOMC meeting coming up next week, but usually around this time of year, I, I preview uh, what the FOMC is going to look like in 2019, uh, and that revolves around who these incoming voting members are going to be. And it, it looks like right now, you know, have a uh, incoming body of, of Fed presidents that might skew a little bit more to the dovish side, uh, okay. knowing that... Uh, St. Louis Fed President Buller is coming in, as is Chicago Fed President Evans. Do you look at things like Tesla on 60 Minutes and scratch your head and say, poor GM, poor Ford? Um, I look at some of the stocks that my father owned, and I kind of go, you know, poor GE. Um, is there any, like, waxing poetic on some of the stocks of, of yesteryear as you kind of exit 2018 and head in 2019? Uh, gosh, I you know I, I you know I look at an interview like that, and I sometimes wonder is like it, it's it's uh, sometimes you know you hear a lot about Elon Musk's creative genius, but 
you also have to worry about some of just some erratic thinking, frankly. <laughs> and sure. So, uh, you know, when you think about um, his position, you know, at that company and that company's competitive position within the overall auto industry, I think GM and Ford are still in good shape because they're obviously going to be playing some catch up to Tesla in terms of, I think, their, you know, electric vehicle capability. And once they get that figured out, um, you know, Tesla will have some bigger uh, competitive issues to tackle. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks very much, Mr. O'Hare. You can find Mr. O'Hare, Patrick O'Hare, at briefing.com, like I do each and every morning with his page one. By the end of the week, he does a big picture column, which I always enjoy because it's got a lot of graphs and a lot of data and a lot of thought-provoking ideas. Um, I love this market, and it's clear that his work is solid. You can find him at briefing.com for both international and domestic issues on the stock market. That's uh, briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. We're kind of closing the year on 2018 and pushing towards 2019. What do we do with this market? I'm not saying it's frustrating because that would make it sound incorrect, but it seems to have big moves, and the media seems to notice it. But the big moves aren't necessarily in percentage terms. They're in number terms, and as we get older and the market gets bigger, those numbers don't have as much power. Triple digits used to mean something crazy. Now it takes 300 or 400 to kind of equal volatile. Whereas 100 points used to be like, whoa, what happened on the market today? It was down 100. So we're dealing with that. We're dealing with a lot of issues. Um, Stocks are rallying on signals of trade talk advances. Trump sent out a tweet that was, I would say, positive on trade. It is surreal. I heard a comedian bring this up yesterday that it seems odd that the president's communicating with the nation in 130 characters. The flight of the nation, the path of the nation, the direction of the nation, the news of the nation. Um, But it does seem a little bit more, how shall we say, on a regular basis than the old State of the Union addresses that television brought us, right? So Tuesday morning, trash day for me. But in Beijing time, China's vice premier and the U.S. Secretary, U.S. Treasury Secretary, chit-chatted via phone to discuss roadmap for the next stage of trade talks. And this is a massive press release. Does it mean trade talks are done? No. It means that it's a press release. Does it mean that they won't get done? No. Um, but Donald J. Trump, at the real Donald Trump, said very productive conversations going on with China. Watch for some important announcements. Um, okay. It's tough for me to get on the radio and say, okay, watch for some important announcements coming. It just doesn't sound right. CBS is holding its annual shareholder meeting in New York City today after rescheduling the event twice due to Leslie Moonves, chairman and CEO, former chairman and CEO company most recently reported quarterly results at the beginning of November and beat expectations, but they're having a problem lining up this media event because Les Moonves keeps coming up in the news. 
And it's not for good reasons for CBS. Elsewhere out there, and there's a lot of stories out there today um, as far as like uh, big picture stuff. No, there's not a lot of economic data for us to drill down into. Um, so a lot of the headlines are like CBS is delaying their annual shareholder meeting. You know, shareholder meetings are kind of brutal. Sometimes people get up and go, like at an Apple event, Tim Cook, why haven't you invented a talking phone? And he's like, we, we have Siri. We have a talking phone. Okay, well, I'll sit back down. So people get up and like start screaming questions. And CBS doesn't really want any of that. Um, so that's out there. Uh, but shareholder meetings are something if you can ever get a chance to go to, you should. It's almost like if you ever get a chance to vote, you should. Uh, you should, certainly shouldn't miss it. Warren Buffett is the king of investing. And we're going to pay attention to his fourth quarter early, fourth quarter earnings call. Um, coming up, will he say that he owns shares of Apple or has he sold shares of Apple? Is he down on shares of Apple? What will he say? <clears throat> he tends to be a pretty, do a pretty good job of disclosing. And if you followed Warren Buffett, you may not do as well as Warren Buffett because he discloses 30 days after the fact. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Coca-Cola, American Express, um, all his largest holdings, Apple, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Coca-Cola, American Express, not having a good quarter. So those five stocks have fallen, you know, 18 plus billion dollars. Um, so you look at Apple and they've gone from a trillion to $800 billion market cap. And you start going, okay, I wonder how Warren's doing. I wonder like what he's going to say. I wonder if he's buying. I wonder if he's selling. Because again, you kind of get, you can kind of, uh, I'm not going to say gain an advantage, but he's not. He's not. It's not like following an eighth grade class of of eighth graders who are buying and selling stocks. It's not crazy what he says, you know. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, seeing if it sticks, right? Um, Google hired today, and Google's in the news a lot for the wrong reasons these days. Their employees don't like the uh, Google's management dealing with China's government. They're like, why are you dealing with those people? Um, they're not very nice people. Google's ma uh, management is having a problem with employees talking about sexual harassment issues at work. So Google's in the news today, and it's not necessarily bad news. The stock is actually moving higher. But they, too, are managing kind of, I want to say a crisis. Facebook is in a crisis. Apple's in a China crisis. The market, like, there's something going on there, right? Um, and then there's a, a tie to China, and China wants to tell Canada, hey, you can't extradite our citizens to America. There's, It's kind of a crisis out there, but at the same time, it feels like it's more the norm. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.